The Sports Gambling Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag, the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Use the promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today. To the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money. Kramer, what's happening, Kramer? Uh, not much, not much, Sean. Just another day in paradise. Yeah. A little special in the studio today. We are doing a uh, special bonus podcast. Joining us in studio is the producer of the four part sports betting documentary available on Showtime on Demand and the finale this Sunday, 8. PM East, Bradley Jackson. Bradley, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. You're, you're doing the Lord's work. Yes, <laughs> this, yes. promoting uh, promoting sports gambling. Even even our names. This this will. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll appreciate this because in in the documentary, you guys kind of uh, kind of like show every side to mm-hmm. the the world of sports gambling. You have some professional sports gamblers. You interact with some amateurs, some touts. Yes. And uh, our nicknames that we introduced the show are a stack in the money green, Ryan, real money Kramer that like basically the show started. Don't pull back the curtain Sean, because <laughs> most of our audience thinks it's real. The show started at the idea was, Hey, we're going to make fun of touts <laughs> because there's so many guys out there oh, selling God. their picks, yes. hyping themselves up. Why not? Why not just do a podcast where we give out the picks for free? If we win, awesome. We love winning money. If we lose, all right, we'll make fun of ourselves and be pissed off on the air. And that's kind of the genesis of the podcast. You so. mean you guys don't charge four hundred ninety nine dollars per download <laughs> oh. of, this, of this podcast? <laughs> no, we don't. Well, what, what's great too is being in this world for so long. As Sean, as we recently reminded our Twitter audience, picking every NFL game since two thousand eleven. We're familiar with a lot of the characters in the space, right? Yeah, and kudos to you guys for picking <laughs> the ultimate tout of all touts. You had to. I, I, so I want the, the first thing I wanted to ask, like how how did you guys like? I'm sure there was a filtering process to get down to to, to Vegas Dave, who is like the <laughs> ultimate. He who like, shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did how did that process go? Because I, or I maybe you weren't involved in it, but that, man, that would be that's got to be fun. Yeah. So essentially, what happened was. Um, the uh, director and myself, Luke, um, when the show was greenlit by Showtime, the kind of the, the general pitch was we wanted to do a 360 degree view of this ecosystem because it's fascinating. You've got yeah. all different types, good and bad, right? And um, on our list of characters, um, we had, you know, we wanted to do a professional better. We wanted to do a professional handicapper. Uh, we wanted to do, we wanted to find a, an illegal bookie. We wanted to find a quote unquote degenerate. And we wanted to find a tout uh, and we wanted to find like a high roller and we wanted to find an now, you know, all, all these different things. And um, so when the show was greenlit, they originally said, so it was greenlit in like late August, maybe two months after the Supreme court or three months after the Supreme court reversed yeah. the yep. decision. Um, 
And so they greenlit it in August and they said, okay, you guys have like 10 months. We want, and we wanted to be centered around the NFL season. We wanted, we wanted to put on the air in June. Now keep in mind, we're not in June right now. Right? So essentially what they came back and realized was that if you're making a show about sports and you're following a specific season, they've done this research where they said that you can't essentially the longer you wait till that football season is over with the less interested the viewer is going to be, which makes sense. Yeah. So instead of 10 months, they said you have six months and we just, the last documentary film we had done was 85 minutes long and it took us four years. And so what, what was that documentary? It was a, a documentary about the world's greatest card magician. Oh, uh, really? And he happens to also be blind. Oh man. Um, so very fascinating subject about one guy and it took us three and a half years, four years. <laughs> and now, th- now they say six months and you have to, it has to be four hours long. And so our brains exploded because we didn't have any of these characters ironed out. The only character that we knew we like have to get is Kelly Stewart because she's the only woman in the space. Yeah, very really. unique uh, landscape that she takes up. Yeah, and so like when we were researching touts, um, <laughs> the which is super fun if you ever want to go down a oh, fun yeah. Google uh, all, all the all like the B roll or the clips that you guys played of the touts going off. So fun! It was it was just awesome. I right? think yeah. Brandon Lang was in there. <laughs> he, he made he made an appearance. Yeah, yeah, it was a great montage. Um, I saw a Vegas Day video on YouTube where he talks about spending six hundred thousand dollars or something on a Mike Trout rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> and how he was just so convinced. This is the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I was like, I emailed Luke, the director. I was like, have you heard of Vegas Dave? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've heard of him. We, he's definitely on our list. And then we had Korea. We just emailed him. And we had Korean barbecue with him. And he was nice. I mean, he is who he is. Yeah. But he's turned up a little bit, obviously. But yeah. He, he seems to put it. He seems to amp it up a little bit for the air. Yeah. For the cameras. But when we talked to him on the phone, just as kind of like a, a scouting, just like, who are you? This is who we are. He's like, yeah, I live with my parents. And we were like, well, if we're <laughs> that gonna... was an interesting part of the documentary as our eyes grew to the size of like, watermelons yes, and, and what else <laughs> we were just like, well, if we're, if you're going to be in this, we have to film you with your parents. And he's like, yeah, that's no problem. They're down. <laughs> and so when he said that, I was like, there's no way we're going to find a better, <laughs> no, a guy, who... a stay at home tout. <laughs> But I mean, like the thing is, we didn't think we went into hanging out with Vegas Dave. Not, I didn't think the money was real. I thought yeah. all, all the pictures on on Instagram because I, I, you know, I, I stalked him a little bit, and I was like, well, the you know the house, the Cabo house, the boats, the cars—they're all leases, or they're all just a front. But no, the money is real. We yeah. did, we did some, we did our homework. Well, that, that's a, that's another question I have because you have guys like Vegas, Dave yeah. and a bunch of other people, you know, making claims, talking about their picks and, and whatever, how, how in depth did you go with the, with the research of these claims? Well, okay. So I, I think if anybody says that they win over 75% of the time, yeah. you just know they're lying. Yeah. It's not, I mean, sure. If you pick one game a week and you pick money line for an obvious favorite. Sure. Maybe you can win 75, but he's pick, he's sending out plays every day and not just like one football play. He's sending out hockey plays and baseball plays and basketball plays and college basketball plays. So it's not, it's not possible. He's not. And then we even subscribe to his, we got his email picks and one of our story consultants 
based on his money management system and based on the game, like a select, I don't know how many games it was, but it was probably like 50 over several weeks. You would have lost money. Yeah. Um, a decent amount of money because his money management system doesn't <laughs> well, make I, even, any sense. Earlier even, in my career, when I had a lot more free time, <laughs> uh, I I went down this rabbit hole a couple times, going after uh, the the folks over at pregame. And yeah, if you include the fees of paying for the picks and you build a model around that, and then just plug in their results, it it's very clear. Like any potential return you would get from uh, you know yes. the clock being right twice a day, yeah. <laughs> you're you're paying back to this person, which makes it the most beautiful, you know, yeah. pyramid scheme of all. Well, and and at the end of the day, like, and I don't want to do any. I'm not going to give any spoilers away because I mean, I guess. Well, okay. So we film him sweating one, two, three, four games, and in those four games, he has, I think, five specific bets, and I, he only wins one. Yeah. Now again, we were, you know, that's only five and we were filming him, but I mean, you, you've heard the expression in basketball or in, in sports ball. Don't lie. <laughs> we like to say camera don't lie where we come but, from, but to his credit as well, the Kansas city uh, Royals future that he, that he put the, the Denver Broncos future yeah, that he put, that's all real. That, that, that seemed completely legit. And you know, by all well, accounts, I think he, there are rumors that he put down picks on a bunch of other games too. Well, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that, the old tout <laughs> gimmick, right? You sell half your clients, one side of a game, half the other, right. and you're left with half of your clients being happy. Right. Well, right. I mean, it's the same thing when I talk, lay tell, down a, you know, a hundred grand on each 32 teams. It's the same thing you do. Great with, news story. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when my wife asked me, how did, how did my gambling go? If I win, I go, Oh my God, I will. I, I hit my lock. I hit my dog. I went four and oh, and then, uh, you know, if I lost, it's just like, uh, you know, it was fun hanging with Ryan. The, li- <laughs> the listeners of this show have no idea what they're, what you're talking about right now, Sean. <laughs> your short sightedness around your picks is amazing. So you guys have never bought a Vegas Dave whale play. No, okay. never, never bought, bought a Vegas Dave whale play and p- pulling the curtain back a hundred percent just from hosting this podcast. Many pick selling companies have, you know, contacted us and been like, Hey, you guys have a platform. You can sell picks. And then I explained like, no, that's kind of the opposite of what we're doing. We want (laughs) to, we want to have an entertaining, transparent discussion. Right. And then they're like, can I advertise on your site? I'm like, I I don't think you can because we really make fun of of guys (laughs) who sell picks. And they're like, okay, this guy was like selling. He, he, I go, we don't really want any part of this business. He goes, you don't want a part of a business where you can make eight grand a month selling your picks. And I go, no dude, it's, it's not our business model. And then he just followed up with multiple spreadsheets of like the sales data (laughs) from his pick selling. Well, I mean, yeah, great. You know, perhaps it's an ethical decision. I, I don't know. Perhaps it definitely <laughs> is a ethical decision. I, 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 when I was a kid, I didn't want want to be a snake oil salesman when I grew up. Right. And also, to me, part of the fun of sports gambling is deciding what you're gonna actually bet. Like people listen to us, they go, "Oh, maybe, I, maybe I'll go with Ryan's pick. Maybe I'll go with Sean's pick." Oh, actually, they're these guys are both ice cold. I'm gonna fade them. Right. But to me, part of the fun is deciding on your own what you're gonna bet on. Yeah, absolutely. So to just completely eliminate that and just you know pay Vegas Dave five hundred dollars for his giant whale play seems a bit short sighted. Yeah. Well, and that's the that's the psychological part of it. Like why 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 do it if you're not even your brain is not even participating? 
in the activity, right? Well, and like, it's also, you know, we have a sports gambling psychiatrist on the show. Yeah. That was very interesting. He was great. And he like, he actually really likes to gamble. He, and, <laughs> but, and his whole thing is not like gambling, bad gambling, bad it's gambling can be really fun. It can like really improve your life. He, he, we don't use it in the show, but he gives a really uh, thoughtful explanation of how fantasy football has brought he and his wife closer together. Cause his wife just started playing two years ago and he makes, he's like, yeah, she's terrible at it. But like, we like, <laughs> we have such fun conversations that we didn't used to have now. And it brings us closer together. And yeah, she, maybe she lost 20 bucks, but it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, that's I, how gambling supposed speaking, to be speaking firsthand uh, fantasy football brought oh, me and my yeah. wife together. Really? I get again. Uh, I've, I've told this story Sean, a million no, no. times. T- tell the whole story. <laughs> tell, please do. All right. For Bradley. Yes. I will. I will tell this story. It's a great now, story. This, uh, not this past NFL season, but the season before, Week One NFL. We always go out Week One to Vegas, mm-hmm. make a whole weekend of it. Which sports book do you go to? We like to go to. Uh, we go to the uh, the Westgate where oh, they have the yeah. that that movie theater room yeah. with all the screens up. I love that room. Yeah, Jay Cornegie, great guy. Great guy hooks us up. He's and, in episode four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. But so. You know, we do the whole thing and uh, we do a DFS podcast where we give out a DraftKings lineup, right? The yeah. millionaire maker, we we pick our thing, debate the picks, the whole thing. Now we throw, you know, I always play whatever I give out on the podcast. Week one, NFL last season, I come in second place in the millionaire maker and win two hundred thousand dollars. Huge! I know, huge. I was sitting, I was sitting on the million uh, dollars for a solid three and a half hours until Scott Tolzine threw his second pick six, which knocked me out of first down to second. And this is one of those uh, millionaire makers where there's also a Sunday night game, so I had to sweat the entire Sunday night game because I all the guys I played were in the 10 a.m. games. So when I was sitting in first place, I'm like, all right, no way I'm going to be able to hang on to this for right. the entire day. Right. And then I just expected to get knocked off, but uh, second place, 200 grand, amazing. I, it, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was Might pretty say awesome. Life changing. Life changing. <laughs> got a got a car with the uh, two working windows and air conditioning. Got an engagement ring and uh, yeah, and at at the at the uh, at the my wedding, wedding uh-huh. I do a little speech and uh, I give a shout out to my DraftKings lineup. Tariq Cohen. He thanks his entire DraftKings lineup. <laughs> Carson Wentz, the Eagles defense, Antonio Brown, the whole nine. So it was. Uh, it came full circle. That's great. I love well, it. And, and you got, you have a great quote from uh, one of the uh, degenerates you're interviewing, uh-huh. and it's it's totally true. It's a it's a great Norm McDonald gem where he says yep. gambling is the only addiction that might work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it couldn't be more true. Like, yeah, they, I've heard a lot of professional gamblers or, or other guys in the field say similar things. Hey, you could go out and spend $200 on dinner. You know what you're going to get. Right. You're going to get the dinner. You're going to go home satisfied, or you could put 200 bucks on a game and you get what three, three and a half hours of entertainment. And right. you might get that 200 back plus, or you might go home with nothing. Right. It's just kind of how you want to spend your time and your money. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's another great Norm Macdonald uh, quote that because I I went down on Norm I'm a huge Norm Macdonald fan, uh, Dirty Work unheard oh. of, a big masterpiece in my mind. Um, but he has a quote. He was on Larry Larry King and he was talking about his gambling addiction. Yeah, and uh, he said he's like I have I have a friend who uh has a great quote. He said I've been very lucky in my life at gambling. I've never won. 
<laughs> and I, when he said, it, I was just like, oh my gosh, that is very profound. Because a lot of these people that we talk to, maybe they're already who who may have a problem. A lot of their or like quote unquote origin stories are they won big early on yeah. something, and, and then they, they're always they're chasing that feeling. Same thing with drugs or whatever. Yep. That first, that first heroin shot's always the best. And well, then you're well, trying Sean, to go back. Yeah, I mean, I my my ex girlfriend uh, had an uncle that literally won a half million dollars, moved <sighs> to Vegas, and was broke in three years. So firsthand, it's like that, insane. You, if it starts off with a win, it's you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a good Look money out. management system. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and and uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, first off, you you guys do a great job of uh, the reaction shots of guys in the sports book. And I swear, yeah. I swear to God, like there's two or three people where I was like, I definitely recognize that person. <laughs> yeah. And we started seeing same faces over and over again. Uh, yeah, oh, we, yeah. You, we always used to go to uh, the Venetian sports book and That's there a was, nice one. there was, this was before they totally redid it. It was a little oh. more old school. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's super we're nice definitely now. get off our lawn when it comes to this, <laughs> this new age, like sports book, sports club. That's part of the reason we like the Westgate, even though they renovated, they kept it old school. Right. Yeah. Uh, the spaceship at the Venetian, it used to just be chairs and TVs and this old black couple yeah. this lady would just scream chiefs fans. Get mom on the ball. <laughs> get mom. Every year we go out she would yell, be tip there. drill, tip drill. <laughs> Oh and it was gosh. back in the day too, where there was a, there was a definitely when we first started going out, there was a golden age, a halcyon, a halcyon era right. of you just go up, you place a $40 bet and you go, can I get some drink tickets? And they just give you like 15 drink oh, tickets. Now God. they're super tight. It's uh, you get one per hundred dollars you bet. And uh, they've really clamped down. Have y'all been to the uh, South point? Oh yeah. Yeah. South so point. for me, for a couple years and I, and I was I think, you know, I, not knowing anything about before I dove in, I figured the South point would be in it because they've been very open to yes. exposure, whether it be VEASAN or all. Yeah. And they've been amazing. Yeah. yeah and, and you know, a, a lot of the, you know, Brett Musburger is it's awesome that he left like mainstream, went to the gambling thing, but the South point used to go, uh, that was the super bowl destination for a couple of years when I was going out. And yeah. It was like, it's this, it's this beautiful mix of like an old school feel. It's mm -hmm. definitely old school Vegas. Like you're yes. not going there to check out women at all. Period. <laughs> like just stop. That's not where yeah, you're if there. If you're for. a guy in your twenties looking yeah. to get laid, maybe you're, you're there. Go to the South point. <laughs> you're there because they, they're, they're one of the last places that still make their own lines. It's a real sports book. Yeah. And it's just kind of this, like, I feel like every time I'm out there, there's some like rodeo or something going on where people yeah. are parking their horses there. So totally. you're seeing that whole country feel mixed with like, you can actually have a conversation about a buying like back in the day when buying points wasn't a thing. Like you could just walk up and be like, I want to buy a point. It wasn't like a big approval. I, anyway, not to get caught in the, the, the I, big fan of the South point. Yeah. Well, and that's where we met in my, you know, one of my favorite characters in the whole show is, is uh, our, our amateur better Todd oh. who, um, <laughs> who, who plays a, a bigger role in every single episode because like we kind of knew going into the show, like, It'd be nice to have a, you know, enough Todd, if you're listening, I'm going to say the word degenerate. Um, <laughs> He's doing air quotes. Todd. He, he, he calls himself a degenerate in the very, the very first time we ever talked to him. But like, but we just didn't know, like, how do you find one? And like some of the people that we knew that were way more into sports gambling than we were was like, you'll find one. Don't worry. <laughs> They're everywhere. And a lot of them want to talk. Um, what was, was Todd the guy and, and maybe I'm getting characters mixed up, but was Todd the guy who his friend asked him, would you rather have sex? Yes. with a Yeah. So 
Early that's, games and late games. <laughs> yeah. He goes, would you rather have sex with a beautiful woman or bet on Sunday games? He goes early games and late games. And it was just yeah. such a great, and you guys just do a, a, such an awesome job of capturing his head as it's going from TV to TV. <laughs> yeah. And the, the back of my brain, my degenerate brain, the synapses are firing. Cause I'm, I'm just thinking that experience of having multiple uh, bets going on multiple games. Super it's, glad that you guys went with the approach of just shooting the people's face. Like, don't worry about what they're watching. Just purely watch their like micro expressions and yes. and like whether it be joy Th- or that pain. tells the story. Well, yeah, and every episode other than episode three, our title sequence is a new set of reactions. So the, for the first episode, it's the title sequence of where you know have, you have the names of the credits of all the people. My name's down there. Bradley Jackson, <laughs> really nice. Um, but you see these like it's like this old timey Vegas style song playing over people's just either in you know complete ecstasy or an abject horror, and the people and like the biggest reactions are usually over just like twenty five dollars. It seems yeah. like yeah, because it's just the yeah. the investment the and the psychologist kind of gets into it. Yeah, the idea of wanting to feel like a winner or wanting to kind of punish yourself as a loser or just yeah the putting yourself out there, risking it, having action that that's really what drives a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and Sean knows, I mean, I I'm a fairly reserved guy when it comes to life, very introverted. I live in the mountains, <laughs> like to stay away from people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely pretty even keel when it comes to my bets. Like I'm not the guy who's going to lose my mind, but I, I am 100% doing it for that sweat. Yeah. And I, I, I get a look on my face. Like it, like that, that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll never, oh, yeah. I'll never forget. It was maybe like five or six years ago. We were out there for March madness and we usually do like two trips, like first, first weekend in NFL. And then the first two days of March madness. Yeah. And we were out there hanging out with friends, you know, doing, going crazy. And Ryan placed like the biggest bet, uh, I think of his life at that time, a huge bet on Cornell. I forget what the actual Cornell price. money line was like plus one eighty against Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, I literally cashed in all my bets from the day before, and the woman's like, "Do you want to make any bets?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, "What do you want to do? Put all of it on Cornell money line." Now, first half, totally excited, and Cornell is just dominating. And then as the second half's oh no going, he just looks around, and uh, Cornell just dominates and wins. And Ryan goes kind of disappointed. I oh. didn't have to sweat it. <laughs> like You could tell I, I was legitimately bumped. Like you I had, had a rocking chair bet. I, yeah. I had, I mean, I was, it was the most money I've ever cashed from a sports, but it was the first time I think they ever had a call for approval. And I was just like, yes, that's but, awesome. But at the same time, I, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't well, get that didn't, sweat at all. Cause you didn't have a good story. I, I had no, no, no critical high fives. Yeah. Nobody no like grabbing someone's collar and pointing at the TV. Yeah, and say, yeah. You don't want to like call your friend and be like, I had the craziest story. I had put in a huge bet yeah. and it was effortless <laughs> and I won. And at no point was the bet ever in doubt. No, uh, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. 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 Todd, uh, or I've, I've heard it's a, it's a common phrase. There's the ball sweaters and then there's a rocking chair bets. Yeah. That's what yeah. he calls them. Yeah. Rocking chair bets. That's a great term. I'm going to yeah. have to start using that Todd. I'll give you a shout out. Just taking a quick break from our discussion with Bradley Jackson, talking about action, sweet sports gambling documentary. I don't know about you, Ryan, but uh, just listening to all these gambling stories, it's got me. I'm itching. I'm itching. And if you're itching, if you're itching to get in the action, you got to go to mybookie.ag, the official online sportsbook of the sports gambling podcast. Use a promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus. 
Rules and restrictions do apply to that deposit bonus. Well, we got the Masters. You gotta you gotta check out the Masters preview podcast. We'll be talking NBA. Stanley Cup playoffs. Not gonna be talking about it on the podcast, but you can get uh get Monique's picks over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Mybookie.ag has it all. Any sort of action you want to get involved in, they got it. All you gotta do is go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code SGP50. Play, win, and get paid over at mybookie.ag. Now, back to the action with Bradley Jackson. How much did you know about sports gambling coming into it? What kind of what was your history? Yeah, I I I'm a big sports fan. Um my first uh movie that I ever made uh was a uh intramural flag football comedy uh starring uh Kate McKinnon and a mutual friend of ours Beck Bennett and Nick Beck Rutherford. Bennett, Nick Rutherford, super um, funny guys. Yeah, very funny guys. So I love sports. I love sports movies. Um and uh and so but I'd honestly never placed a sports wager in my entire life. Really? Never. I mean, I knew some of the terms but like when we were researching it, I didn't know what vig meant. I didn't know what juice meant. I didn't know what uh, money line meant. Uh, I knew it over. I knew what the spread. I knew what parlays meant. I knew all that stuff. But like, because those terms are used kind of in everyday nomenclature and other as- avenues. Um, but I've just always been myself and the director Luke. I've always just been fascinated with like weird characters and weird yeah. ecosystems and our our. <laughs> Our, it is its own little world. Yeah, and our our last documentary that he and I made together was set in the world of magic, and um, and I was never into magic, um, but like everybody, I like a good magic trick. Who doesn't like to have their minds blown by magic and whimsy? And so when when kind of this idea presented itself, um, we were like, we could this this is a world, and this is, you know, when you make a documentary. Um, especially for a network like Showtime, they're going to ask you two things. Why you and why now? Why us? Because our last documentary was about this like fascinating little microcosm Subculture. of the world. Yeah, and we like made it, we, you know, we made it interesting. We made it relatable. Um, and then why now, obviously, was when the Supreme Court overturned PASPA. Yeah. And we're like, this thing is, I mean, the amount of money. When I heard that stat, that opening stat of the very first uh, scene of the episode, of episode one, where it says, you know, over uh, every year around five to six billion dollars is bet wagered in the Super Bowl. It's the largest uh, single wagering day in America. Uh, up until last year, ninety-seven percent of the action was wagered illegally. Yeah. When I heard that stat, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Bazinga! Yeah. Uh, and it just it blew my mind. And so I was like, "That this is only going to get bigger. This is only going to get more money. And with money comes." unique characters comes, uh, controversy comes a little bit of shadiness. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and just like the fun ethics and morality that I think we get to kind of toy around with in the show. So I was, I was all in. Well, like, I mean, any I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of documentaries in general and the best documentaries are generally not really about the topic at all and about the people. Yes. And yeah. I think when you find these like just raw characters, I would imagine a lot of this kind of like, there was a lot of this where it unfolded as perfectly as you could have imagined because like, like, like the sports better said, you'll find a degenerate yeah, and they'll be perfect. And get, and usually the symptoms of them being a de- degenerate make them perfect. Yeah. Well, for, so, for, for so camera. Todd, and again, Todd, if you're listening, Todd, <laughs> Todd, you're like, you're like my favorite character on the show. And he knows that I, I, I actually was texting with him earlier today. Um, cause he went on Vison this morning and crushed it. Cause he's oh, awesome. Nice. But 
Luke, uh, the director, was shooting some stuff, and he was just like, hey, dude, I need you to, like, do a character circle, um, which is, like, walk around the South Point and just find interesting people to, like, either film or do a quick interview with. And I see this guy, Todd. He's big, loud, funny guy. And he's yelling. And I and his chair, every, all the chairs are lined up perfectly in order, <laughs> except his chair is jutted out to the right. And he has one of those little speaker boxes that, like, can, like, give you the the uh, the audio signal from whatever game you want to be on. And so uh, I was like, okay, that guy right there is really interesting. Let's go talk to him. And within like three minutes, he did this thing that made us laugh so hard where he was just talking to us. He was giving us a really interesting answer. And then he just looks up and he goes, oh, fucking Jets. <laughs> that, was, that was so awesome. And then, so we talked to him for like 10, 15 minutes and Luke, the director, comes back to me and I, I literally, because I'd been listening in on my headphones the whole time, watching on a little monitor, and Luke was like, that was amazing. And I go, yeah, he's a character now. And Luke's like, I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, you need to go over to him right now and go, can we interview you? Because we want to put you in the show. Like, can we do a real proper sit down with you? So Luke goes over there and he asks him, hey man, can we, we really like what you're having to say. You're really funny. What do you think about being in the show? Can we like come to your house or wherever you live and do an interview? And he goes, I don't know. I live like a terrorist. <laughs> And we're like, what does that mean? Like you live in a like you live in a cave? What? And he goes, no, I just I don't have any furniture. Uh, I haven't unpacked my bag. I've been living here for eighteen months, and I still haven't unpacked my bags. All I have is a mattress on the floor and a table. And I work from I work remotely, and I work from home. And then all I do is I work from I'm on East Coast hours. I work from six to three, and then I go to the sports book every day. And we're like, <laughs> you're perfect. You're hired. Oh man! And credit to him. Like. He gave us an incredibly raw, un, unfiltered interview where he talked about the darkness and how he'd gained and lost 150 pounds three times and how he's lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars gambling and how he's, in some cases, gambling's almost ruined his life. Um, but then he had this great, you know, in, intellectual mindset about it that I thought was really refreshing. Yeah, no, he's, it, it, it kind of reminded me in the same way you're talking about like finding this little world, seeing a similar thing of uh, like King of Kong, which was a, my favorite documentary of all yeah, time, which is, which is a great documentary, but it, uh, technically the documentary is about guy playing donkey Kong, but really it's a guy chasing something. Right. And, yeah. and the cool thing about donkey Kong and sports gambling, it, like you mentioned earlier is there's a scoreboard, right? So yep. there is a definitive win or loss. And when you're telling a story, it really helps to have that. Cause you, you have, a, you have like a beginning and end, you have like this happens and that happened. Like it, it, it creates a structure. That's really interesting. And uh, Billy Mitchell, I thought Billy Mitchell was the <laughs> most absurd. He's the ultimate tout documentary villain that we, that, and then when we met Vegas, Dave, I was like, <laughs> I feel like Vegas Dave and Billy Mitchell, if you put the two in a room together, <laughs> two peas in a pod. Oh man. my gosh. The world might implode. Yeah. <laughs> Did, now you, you said you really like Todd. Did you find yourself at all kind of getting sucked in rooting for maybe some of the characters or even? Yes. Okay. So yeah. who, who did you find yourself rooting for? Like becoming a fan of, I mean, I, I, I love all our characters in different ways. Uh, but you know, I really liked, uh, I really enjoyed spending time with Bill Krakenberger. Uh, he was, I mean, just from that first episode, yeah. th that guy was real to me and like real in a relatable way, especially a guy coming from the East coast. He's very East coast. Like that's he, all yeah. I, like I'm from Jersey. Yeah. He's a dude from like, he, Oh, you're from a, Jersey. Where I'm, in Jersey are you from? I'm from a, a small town called Fanwood. Okay. Gotcha. He He's super logical, super pragmatic. Yep. Seems like a family guy. Just 
clocks in, clocks out. Yeah. No motion. <laughs> no, nothing. Um, and uh uh he there's an episode, uh there's a scene in episode three um where it's more or less uh we knew going into it because we knew what crack had bet and we knew what Vegas Dave was gonna tout, um, that they were gonna be on opposite sides. Oh. And to I won't spoil because if if y'all got y'all haven't gotten to episode three yet. No, no, no. Right. I just got through the first two. No, no, no it's all good. It, it it to me is like our fa- my favorite. It's like a twenty minute sequence because it's like crack making the bet and then Vegas Dave touting the game and then starting to watch the game and then crack doesn't watch the game. So what is he doing? We cut to him doing something really weird and interesting. <laughs> and it, anyways, it's just one of those like. I never didn't think that that would be that entertaining, but when we finally cut it all together, I was like, I'm kind of sweating this, even well, though I, even though you know the outcome, well, I know and, what happened. And yeah. it's odd because it, this isn't a space that has been explored very much, whether right. it be in fictional or non-fictional. Yeah, and I we, think you you saw it with uh, the HBO show from a couple of years back. Not not to plug the uh, the rival network there, but um, which HBO show? I'm just curious. Well, the one that got shut down because some horses died. Luck. Oh yeah, where oh, it was this it yeah, was this yeah. show about like uh, that was the David you know, Milch show. Yeah, so essentially you had degenerates uh, yeah. and the underworld, and you had this like you got to live some of that rush like you're talking about, and yeah. I, I think that's there's just not a lot of that. There's not a lot. And, and, yeah. and the ones, a lot of the gambling movies that have come out are just complete garbage. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how it goes. That's yeah. not what it's like. Yeah. Like the, the slow motion reaction scenes are almost more effective than some like big, like Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Like I don't, I, what was the name of the movie he was in recently? The gambler. Oh, oh yeah. The gambler. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah. But like you don't have to spend a lot of time in a sports book to realize what, like how to portray that the right way. Yeah. And, and I think it's even more like fi- in the, in the final episode, it's, it's, it's great because everyone's finally, it's all about the Super Bowl, And as we all know, that Super Bowl was kind of boring, right? Yeah. But seen through the eyes of five different sports books, <laughs> it's a little more interesting. And especially like we go, we, you know, we're popping from the game was boring a little bit, but we're popping from the South point to the Westgate to Vegas, Dave's parents' house <laughs> to uh DraftKings in New Jersey and then, you know, to the game and then blah, blah, blah. So like, it gets really interesting. It gets like you, and then you find these little subplots. Like we were filming at Westgate for the Super Bowl, and we're just filming some betters, placing bets, just trying to get some B-roll of some, you know, good stuff. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, these two guys drop $45,000 Damn. on the table, on the table. And we were just like, well, that's a little subplot in this episode. We yeah. Gotta, we got to follow those guys. Talk to them. Did you get... Did you get any pushback from people like, Hey, get out of my face. Yeah. I don't want to be oh, yeah. part of this documentary. Absolutely. Well, we, what was great. Our, our cinematographer is this guy named uh, Gabriel Pate and he shot last chance. You, uh, which is oh, nice. really great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. It's great. He shot the first two seasons and what's fascinating about him. He's a great DP, great guy, but he is not a sports fan at all. He could not give two shits about sports, <laughs> honestly. And but I think that's what makes him, and he doesn't know, he did not know anything about sports gambling. And he, re, he kind of refused to, not refused to learn, but like, I would always tease him, like, you're pretending, like, you, you're picking some of this stuff up. But he was just like, no, I don't know what a parlay is. <laughs> and I'd be like, film the uh, Browns games. Like, which one are the Browns? <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but he just had a fearlessness of just like, he just didn't care. So he would just like, anybody, even if somebody was just like, 
you know, hands over their head, like they just lost a thousand dollars. You just like take the camera, just shove it right, go in right face. in their face. And nine times out of ten, people are just like, yeah, whatever. Every now and then, we would get people being like, hey, could you not do that? <laughs> but for the most part, people were cool. Now, now logistically, just kind because I'm personally curious, yeah. how did how did it work? filming at these casinos. Did you have to talk to them ahead of time and be like, Hey, we're, uh, we're bringing cameras in. They're not a big fan of cameras. Yeah. yeah no. Um, it's funny because, uh, every single casino turned us down, but South point and Westgate. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, we've had great experiences. Those are kind of the two. I mean, in well, terms and the of Mirage a little bit, Mirage just let us film there for like half a day. One time. I mean the the South Point and the Westgate are the two kind of more old school sports seem, books that would understand. Yeah, yeah, they understand. Yeah, right? like they, well, and and South Point, I mean, it was cool because like South Point was just like, oh, yeah, you can do it for free. We'll help you as long as you like, you know, like just don't disparage us. Like, yeah, come on in, do whatever you want. They helped us in every way, shape, or form. They let us come into Veasan. They gave us, they helped us get Musburger. Um, it was great. Westgate was a little more complicated because it's it, you'll find in Vegas every casino is owned by a corporation that's owned by a corporation that's owned by a parent company that's owned by another corporation, yeah. and so you know just to like get a sign off on some of these places t- was going to take you know eight lawyers and three weeks, and so we we're just like again we had six months. Yeah, uh, that's a crazy so, clock. Yeah, and so Westgate Westgate was a little more difficult, but they were they were actually really great and a little very accommodating. They, we had to go through the union stuff, which was fine. But like Jay Cornegay and John Murray, the two people who run that book, are really great and like really helped us out a lot. So, and I think both of those sports book, they're both very like Westgate's very retro. Uh, sorry, Westgate's very future. It's like high ceilings, everything's black. Yeah, you can't smoke in the actual book. South point is like super old. Oh God. Everyone's smoking. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, you're seeing like colonoscopy bags strewn about like it's uh, again, I, you're not going for the view. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> was there, was there one thing either something that made it into the documentary or something that was kind of on the cutting room floor for whatever reason, was it, was there one particular thing that jumped out as, as something that you didn't see coming at all? Well, that was kind of the most surprising. Yeah. And maybe this is my naivete, but, um, we thought, you know, one of our characters we really wanted to find was an illegal bookie. Right? Yeah. And so if you, and if you watch episode one, um, we do introduce you to one and we thought, naively going into this, like, Oh, the repeal of PASPA, the overturning of the law is going to like kill bookies. They're done. Like bookies in a couple of years are done. And then we met this bookie through a few connections and we we're like, right, you must be sweating. Right. And he goes, not, not even close. He's like, my business is better than it's ever been. I'm not worried. And he explained it to wh- why, like convenience and credit. Yep. And so like when he told us that, I was like, that's so much more interesting than what we were thinking, which was like, we're going to find a bookie who's on hard times and <laughs> he's ready to retire. He's yeah. going to take his bindle and stick and <laughs> hit the railroad yeah, tracks. Exactly. But no. And this guy was so sophisticated. Like he ran, you know, like it was like, you know, he had it down to a science. They had tech, you know, this, this book did does $40 million a month. This illegal book does 40 million a month. And it's based out of New Jersey does the tri-state area. And like, and like he, he also was just like, yeah, we don't use violence anymore. Like, like we haven't, nobody uses violence since the eighties just cause there's cameras everywhere. And he's like, and he explained <laughs> it very logically. Yeah. He explained it to a very logically, like, like we do 40 million a month in, in handle, maybe not in profit, but in yeah. handle. 
And like, say somebody stiffs you out of 200 grand. That sucks. But you're going to go like put that guy in the hospital and then, yeah, then you're going to end your- up in jail. It's, it's bad for business. Exactly. So, um, that, that really surprised me in well, a good way. And, and, and you, you, you hit on it in the documentary when you're talking to the illegal guy and he said, uh, East coasters are always going to be gamblers. They have it in their blood. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like you did a ton of uh, s- stuff focusing on Atlantic city as well. What yeah. what do you think the East coast angle is it's, or like the appeal or, or what draws East coasters to sports gambling? Is it just the lifestyle? Is it that they're just more passionate sports fans? It's probably history. I mean, those teams have been around longer. There's a richer history. Um, I'm not from these. I'm from Houston, Texas. Let me ask you this. When did you like, when did you learn? Did you have friends in high school that had bookies? There was a guy in high school that like took bets from people. Um, but it was just such small ball. It was five bucks here. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't really remember a time where I didn't (laughs) know someone who knew how to get down and it was like, we'd pool our money so we could get down on a $30, but it was a $25 bet. But if we lost, we got we had to pay 30, win 25. Yeah. It's all the stories you've heard. Like you meet the guy on route 22 and a McDonald's like, and that's, what's interesting about that. It's funny, complete unrelated story. I just met a guy through, through my other career and uh, he's a nice gentleman from Rhode Island, a medium like, Oh, so you're into sports gambling. And he's like, yeah, of course. Oh, Rhode wow. Island. So it was, yeah. it's very much this, like it, it like culturally, and that's one of the things I, you, you guys touch on is I, I don't know how much Vegas sees it coming, but people are not going to get on a plane to go to Vegas. Now that they can go to AC. I yeah, think that's a real that, thing. That, that's yeah. a great point in the same way that you were saying, maybe you thought the, the local bookie could be put out of business. Do you see Vegas being in trouble? Not, not for a long time. No, I think what could really hurt Vegas is if ever, if California ever tips, to, to legalization. Yeah. To legalization. That's, that's going to be rough news, but here's the thing. Vegas has a 50 year head start on everybody. Yeah. And there, and also the, just the concept of Vegas, the sin city atmosphere, yeah. the idea that you can go to this other city and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And it, it really adds fuel to the fire and, and it's like a safe space where I was like, Oh, I lost all my money. Oh, I was in Vegas. That's what you do. Whereas if, I walked down to seven 11 and lost $1,800 and then just walked back. <laughs> it would, it would feel weirder, right? I mean, that just sounds a, depressing, but, but I mean, we, we are in the demographic where a let, you know, not to be confirmed nor denied, but we have ability to bet on credit. Uh, and sure. we go to Vegas, sure. we go to Vegas for the experience. It's a social experience. Yeah. It's a, it's a business experience, but it's, it, we still like there's, there's trips where I don't make a single bet. In Vegas, right? Uh, why, but why am I in Vegas? Celine well, Dion. Again, it's uh, Celine the Dion. Well, Where the- else am I gonna? I, my, I can't fit a thousand people in my garage <laughs> to all have the 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 out of body yeah. experience of ha- like. Like there is nothing like March Madness where there's four, like a couple games coming to a decision and you're in a room with a couple thousand people and Man. everyone is on one side of that decision or or not and it just you can feel it. It's like being in a big arena. It's pretty yeah. cool. There's Coliseum. a there's a moment in episode four where we uh, we cut in between the South Point and Westgate um, during the coin toss. Oh, a, it's great. a big it's a big bet on the coin toss yeah. and just to hear. I was not expect. I was at the South Point filming, and our other crew was at Westgate. And I was like, we were like, yeah, let's let's make sure we get a nice shot for the coin toss because we know that that's a that's a bet. 
I was not expecting the absolute roar of the crowd after the coin toss <laughs> happened. Nuts. It was well, pandemonium. And, and, and the same fir- thing with the national anthem. Well, I was going right? to say, yeah. the first yeah. time I went out. But you can't bet that bet. In at, Vegas. Yeah, you can't do that because that, that's an entertainment prop. Yeah. So, and that's where New Jersey, New Jersey's also pushing the envelope. Yeah. They're saying we'll take those bets. But the first time I was in Vegas, I think the biggest thing that, that opened my eyes was being in, uh, we were in the South points, kind of like little comedy club uh, across from where the sports book is other side. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. And, and um, every, like it's a dark space. The game is jacked up and everyone had, you could see the, this was probably 2000. It was 2010 when the giants won, I believe 2011. Mm-hmm everyone had a cell phone and everyone was timing the national anthem. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those experience where experiences where, where I was like, man, I'm, I'm with, I'm with friends here. Everyone, <laughs> like is, on, everyone is on the <laughs> same page, it, but yeah, I guess yeah. Like, coming back to what we were talking, like, that's the, I think Vegas, Vegas will not be in trouble from a perspective. People will go to Vegas. Yes. I do think that this bullshit about like, yeah, if you make a $500 bet, I'll give you a drink ticket for well drink. Maybe that's the area where we start to see a little bit better customers, customer yeah. service. And, yeah. I, and I'm already seeing it, Sean, as someone who's been to the Westgate before they're slamming with me, slamming me. And they're really focused on these sports vacation packages now. Oh, interesting. They finally have kind of turned the corner on like, let's just get people out there. We know they're going to sit in a room and bet sports. We're not going to worry about the other stuff. Yeah, and the shared the shared gambling experience in particular is something that's truly unique, and you don't understand until you go to Las Vegas and you see the sports book erupt when a total is hit. It's, yeah. it's completely meaningless for the actual game. Yeah, but when it hits, that just the crowd goes crazy. And yeah. Yeah, and to be on the same side with the majority of the of the rest of the group because you figure out early whether you guys are on the same side whether it's you this, make friends quickly yeah exactly and enemies and enemies yeah 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 <laughs> but it's usually pretty pretty like I actually one of my favorite things to do is to watch the playful banter between people on different sides like it's usually pretty good natured for the oh, most yeah. part for the most part you get it a couple awkward of, yeah sometimes. you get a couple <laughs> douchebags but who's like oh, I lost twenty eight dollars. Well, that's uh, we actually uh, last anecdote because uh, I, I know we're not going to be here forever. But I, I did. We, me and Sean, were out there one time, and we watched a guy lose. He bet like a ten thousand dollar money line oh, bet oh to win a thousand Saints money line, and the it? Rams upset them week one a couple years back. And I, I, I think there was I, I forget the exact story, but someone nearby was on the other side on the other money line, but had like a twenty dollar bet versus this guy's ten thousand dollar bet, and yeah. you had one of those awkward situations where like. This is probably going to be a fight, and I'm not going to be mad at the dude who <laughs> just lost ten thousand dollars for fun. But it's it. Yeah, we're going to back away from the situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. We were hoping we would catch a fight on camera one time. No, but we never no did. Fight. No fights. No. No fights. No act of violence. No. No crazy uh, flipping the chairs. I did like the. I really enjoyed the one guy who destroyed the cup. But. <laughs> <laughs> Break this fucking cup. Yeah, it was so such funny. it was such a great line, and it really captures the just kind of crazy uh, rage that may or just just your brain getting overwhelmed, and you want to destroy something, and you you can't really process it. So just the fact of you destroying with your hands a plastic cup somehow <laughs> yeah. gets you the power back. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. It was it was the one thing that we had to cut, but it was a, it was a really fun little segment we did about bad beats. Mm. Um, and Brett Musburger, uh, had this great, great, uh, uh, soundbite that he said in his interview, which was, he's like, and I'll try to do my best Musburger impression. He's like, I am absolutely convinced that people like talking about the losses more than they like talking about their wins because they could tell the stories about the bad beats. And then we yep. cut into this great like section of all of our people talking about 
their worst beats. And like cousin Sal has a great story oh, yeah. about how he was on, uh, he was on, uh, uh, Golden State, or sorry, he was on Golden State when they were playing the Cavs. He was on <laughs> Hillary Clinton. He was on no, yeah, he was on Hillary, and then he was also yeah. on uh, uh, La La Land when they got the envelope taken yeah, yeah, out of yeah, their yeah, hand. Yeah, and he just met, and I was just like, oh, I wish we could have found a spot for that section. It was real. Maybe we'll put it online sometime, but it was really fun. Yeah, that that I mean, I mean that, it's true. It's I mean that's yeah. in the in the movie, the great gambling movie, two for the money. Uh, Al Pacino's character goes to the Gamblers Anonymous, and he's essentially like when you're. When you're looking for that feeling again, and that feeling is the <laughs> loss, right? Like everyone's chasing that rock bottom. Uh, come talk to me. So yeah, man. So now, Bradley, you went, you dove in, you did this, knocked it out of the park with a four-hour documentary available on Showtime on demand. Finale Sunday eight East is the finale. Sure, real quick, Sean, you can yes. also check that out on Hulu. Oh really? So okay. The company there. man over here. Oh nice. Oh yeah, because you can do like the Showtime bundle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. What uh, what kind of is your is your big takeaway? But more importantly, where do you see things going in the future? Because we have this legalization, mm. we have kind of the old school bookies still kind of floating around. Uh, there's plenty of online options as well. What do you <laughs> see as the future moving forward? Great, great question. Um, I think you know within two to three years, you'll have 25 states that are, that are in on something like money, money. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, like I'm from Texas. I don't think Texas will like allow casinos, but I do think Texas will allow mobile, you know, like eventually because Texas is so sports obsessed. And it, I mean, there's so many people that would, would like to bet on the cow, cow you know, go to cowboy stadium. There's a DraftKings uh, suite, you know, and like, with the prevalence of DraftKings and FanDuel, um, which is 100% gambling, DFS is 1,000% gambling, and anybody tries to tell you otherwise. <laughs> it's a game of skill. Yeah, God. We actually <laughs> It's a fun loophole. Yeah. That's so crazy that in Vegas you can't play DFS. Yeah. And we talk about that in our third episode. We, we actually uh, we interview, uh, we do a big DFS segment where we talk about, we interview um, and, and uh, track uh, the number three DFS player in the world this 26 year old kid named Martin Crowley who makes uh, uh, probably 2 million a year doing DFS. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and we interview the, uh, the president of DraftKings and one of the big guys at FanDuel and, you know, just hearing them kind of lot, you know, ninja logic their way around the fact that it's not gambling is hilarious to me. Well, you see, it's a collection of aggregated statistics, which <laughs> makes it a non-random event. Yeah. It's not gambling. And we use this, we use this great soundbite from Joe Namath in, in this MSNBC interview <laughs> that we pull where Joe Namath goes, do you have to pay to play? And someone goes, yes. And do you win money if you win? Yes. And Joe Namath goes, it's gambling. Then. <laughs> I know that exact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's so great. True. I've watched it's it a thousand so times. So true. It's freaking old school Joe Namath. I love it. Well, uh, Bradley, appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Yeah, I loved it. Make great. sure you uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Bradley Jackson, and make sure you uh, check out Action, the four-part sports documentary available on Showtime on demand. And the, like you said, the finale this Sunday, eight o'clock East, just before Billions. Just before Billions. Huge fan of that show. Four. Love it. The Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. I co-sign. You should go watch Action. Kramer. Let it ride.